I have grown so much as a result of my experiences, namely things that I thought were happening to me, like getting divorced seemed like it was going to be horrible. And you know, it was, it was terrible in a lot of ways, but also has led me down the most beautiful path, which is my matchmaking and working with singles, my own evolution, things I've learned about myself in this journey as a single woman that I never would have tapped into if I was still married. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast. It's season four, and here we are still reimagining, rethinking, and redefining what it means to be in midlife and what's possible as we age. We are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Hello, my friend. Happy Valentine's Day. Guess what? We're diving into the midlife dating scene today. We've got Jill Dunn in the house, the brain behind Jill in it, which is a matchmaking service that she kickstarted after her divorce in 2016. So you're going to hear all about that journey. But even if you're not currently single and on the lookout for romance, this episode offers more than just dating advice. By the way, I, I, I can't help but share my mixed feelings about this holiday. There's some nostalgia, you know, boxes of chocolates from my mom and dad when I was a kid, but it's mixed with a bit of skepticism about the Hallmark holiday. So anyway, just had to put that out there. Grab a seat. Let's chat about the ups and downs of midlife dating. And not only that, but you're going to hear about Jill's entrepreneurial journey The episode delves into reflections on midlife, resilience, personal growth. So if you're navigating the challenges and self-discovery that often comes with this stage of life, you're going to find relatable stories and valuable lessons here, I think. And even if you are in a committed relationship, the discussion with Jill around self-love, readiness for relationships, and presenting your best self can definitely be relevant to you. So without further ado, here's Jill Dunn. Let's go. Thank you so much for being with me. How are you doing today? Good. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's great to see you. So I would like you to go back to any point in time that you feel like is, is, was an aha moment for you that launched you on the path that you're on right now and talk about how that, how that worked out for you. Okay. So I was divorced in 2016 and, you know, my kids were younger, they were four and six and all my friends were still married at the time. And I really only had one, one single girlfriend. And, you know, the, when my kids were going to their dad's house, um, which was new for me too, to have like a night without my kids. And I was like, okay, well, how do I meet people? Like, how do I meet men right now? Cause it's no, you know, I got married in my twenties and I wasn't even really dating. Then I was just existing. I was working, I was going out with friends and in that age and stage, you just sort of naturally gravitate to people, but then flash forward, you know, 12 years later, I'm in my mid thirties 
with two young kids and I have this space in my life that really never existed in the way that it does now. So I was like, okay, I would love, I'm very social and I like to meet new people. So I'm like, let me look for events to go and meet single people. And the only ones I could find were sort of further away, like New York city or Hartford area. And those were too far for me to use my one kid free night to meet people that were so far away. So my, my background is in events. I've done, you know, large scale festivals and things. And I'm like, ah, I'm just going to throw a speed dating event and just see what happens because I want to meet single people. So let me just get some together. So that, you know, for me, sort of realizing that there was nothing like that around here or nothing happening for singles that really was helping unite people. Um, I was not at all thinking of it as a business opportunity at the time. I was thinking of it as a opportunity as a single woman. And so I threw my first singles event and it sold out and there was such a, a need for it. And the feedback from singles that came was so positive and everybody was so grateful for this experience and for this opportunity because there's nothing like this around here. At least it's, I didn't invent speed dating, but you know, I was doing it here. And so I said, okay, well I'll do another one in a couple of weeks. So I did another one and that one sold out too. And then, you know, before you know it, I'm doing one a month and I actually have done, you know, over 50 events now over the past five years. And the, so once I, once I was getting that feedback from single people like this, there is a real need for this. Thank you so much. So I was just doing them as much as I could, you know, typically on like the one or two nights a week that my kids were going with their dad. And um, then pretty soon after that, I just was connecting people that were not at the same event. So, you know, I'd meet a man at an event in one town and a woman at an event in another town. And I just thought like, I think they'd like each other. So I would say, do you want to meet somebody? I met this great guy at the last event. And they would say, yeah, sure. So I would just connect them. And then uh, that, you know, which is essentially matchmaking, right? But at the time, again, I was not thinking about this as a new business venture. I was just connecting people because I'm a connector. And so I did that for a while like that. And then, I mean, now it's night and day now, now matchmaking the, my offerings have evolved so much. And, you know, now I'm a professional matchmaker, part of, you know, National Matchmakers Alliance. And I'm, you know, networking and, and collaborating with other matchmakers from all over the country and all over the world as part of this network. And everything wow. is really all fine-tuned down to this place now and evolved, but very naturally, like out of, you know, just out of sheer demand for this, for ways for people to connect. So my events have evolved. My offerings for singles have evolved. Um, I also do dating coaching as part of my matchmaking packages and also separately. So, um, yeah, so I would say my aha was really realizing that I wasn't the only one that didn't have ways to meet single people. So providing that opportunity for people has been honestly one of the greatest joys in my life. It is such an honor for me to be able to bring people together and to host events and help people really feel safe and connected and create opportunities for people 
in and outside of my events and, you know, outside of the events, obviously the, the matchmaking is a much more private and personalized process. Um, but again, I, it, I enjoy it so much. It means the world to me to that people trust me, like with their love life. This is, that's a huge honor. And I yeah. don't take it lightly, you know, I really appreciate this experience and I love where this road has led me. I love that you you took something that you needed and and have offered it out to other people and how perfect for you having been an events coordinator to begin with like for me if I if I was in that position that never that never would have happened Jill because I am not an event planner. <laughs> Yeah, we would have started a podcast about it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so is there like an age range that tends to end up at your events? All right, so the events are age specific. So, you know, I'll do like 55 plus event or I'll do singles in their 30s and 40s or it varies de- depending a lot on the venue, on the need at the time, who's reaching out to me, that sort of thing. For matchmaking, I work with clients literally from, you know, 28 to 88, I've had clients. So that is very personalized based on, you know, who, who I'm working with. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so um, do you feel like you're in midlife right now? Cause I know you, I mean, you're, you're way on the younger end of things than I am. But I feel looking back, I'm like, I look back and I go, you know what? My midlife journey really started when I was 35, if I think about it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I I don't think so. So I'm 43, but in my head, I'm still 23. Uh Uh-huh. But I don't, right. And my, so like my son just started his freshman year at the high school that I graduated from 22 years ago. So to me, that is so surreal yeah, that has been a little bit of a reality check for me, but no, I would, I do not think, you know, I don't feel like I'm, you know, middle-aged, but I am definitely not 23 anymore. Right. So I feel like I'm in a good space where I can relate sort of to all different age ranges who are looking for their matches and, you know, younger, you know, younger women, or even, you know, women in their thirties, forties, even who are, you know, really urgently trying to find someone because they really want to have a child mm, or yeah. and same thing, men too. I mean, there's a lot of men. I spoke to a man this morning that he's 42 and he really wants to find someone to have a family with. And so, you know, I work with a lot of singles that are looking for someone to you know, start a life with a lot of people are prioritizing career up until a certain point. And then at that point, they're like, oh, shoot, wait, I want this too. But like right now, you there know? used to be a like a button or something that said, oh, oh, you know, oh, no, I forgot to have children. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. And it happens fast. It's like life just really happens fast. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm middle-aged, but I, or maybe I'm in denial, but I wouldn't say that I am. You know, it's it's a self-identified thing, I'm going to say. And and here's the thing is it's a a terrible term because who knows when their midlife is. There's no way to know when, you know, when the end is. So how do you mark the middle? But I think of midlife as the time when you start to get a deeper sense of yourself. 
And when you were talking about like in your 20s, it wasn't like you were looking for matchmaking of a sort. It kind of naturally happened. And I think that's the difference between finding love and relationships when you're younger. You tend to be in the swim of things and doing certain things and and doing certain activities and have groups of friends and people. And you, and you, you just naturally, I think, meet people that could possibly be a match, you know, and, and that I think gets much harder for people as they get older and they start to have a better sense of themselves. For one thing, there are people that I dated when I was in my teens and twenties that I now know that that is not a good match for me. No, thank you. And there's also that I'm not out and about as much. And I don't want to be out and about as much, you know? And so I I think that that must be a dating challenge for people who are, who might identify as midlife and beyond. Right. So I guess in that sense, you know, as a numbers game, I will not accept that I'm at the middle of my life. No. But as far as, you know, I feel like, yes, I have, I am... I have embodied who I am. I am at that place where I have grown so much as a result of my experiences, namely things that I thought were happening to me, like getting divorced seemed like it was going to be horrible. And, you know, it was, it was terrible in a lot of ways, but also has led me down the most beautiful path which is my matchmaking and working with singles, my own evolution, things I've learned about myself in this journey as a single woman that I never would have tapped into if I was still married. So not to say go out and, you know, get divorced because you learn about yourself, but it certainly helped me. And, um, you know, you can just really make the most of different stages of your life, I feel like, and and what what is happening, you know, quote unquote, to you. Yeah. That's definitely a mindset thing right there is thinking that things are happening to you instead of realizing that you could look at it a different way and see that ha- things are happening for you, yeah. you know, yes. and and that I have found that every single challenge that I've come up against in my life, while it wasn't necessarily welcome, it did help me grow. There right. was something in it for me, you know, f- from from a divorce to layoffs from jobs to different kinds of things you know and it was and it was tough and i'll say now that i like i don't want to go back to to 43 where you are now because my whole 40s was the the decade of my 40s was one of the hardest of my life and a lot of it was that i was looking in the mirror seeing an older person you said you feel like you're 23 yeah me too but then I'd look in the mirror and see this older woman. And I was like, who the heck is that? Right. Oh my gosh, I'm so old. And right. I started down this path of, of tearing myself down for getting old and realized that I was, I was just afraid of getting old. Um, so when did you start doing the dating coaching and what does that look like? So the dating coaching came pretty soon after I, so I was setting people up on dates 
And then once I started to say like, okay, I need to expand this matchmaking service where I'm getting more in-depth information about people, right? So I would schedule these intake calls with people who I was just sending out on dates. And then it was happening time after time. I was having the same conversation with new, you know, with new singles that I was meeting where they're like, yes, so I'm single because this, this, and this, and like my ex-husband did this. And, um, you know, I'm definitely don't want somebody who does this, this, and this. And so these intake calls, which should be like 15 or 20 minutes, just to get some more information about people ended up turning into hour long conversations about, you know, my journey as a single woman and all of these, you know, really important things that I've done to help get me to this, this place of exploration and of like learning to love myself and who I am now versus who I was before I got married and had kids and all these things. Then after doing that for a while, I'm like, okay, wait, this needs to be something separate. Like you, you don't want matchmaking yet. You want to talk about dating and relationships and you want to talk about, you know, what you're actually, and need help identifying what you're actually looking for in a relationship. And, um, or sometimes, you know, the dating coaching is as simple as someone books me for a quick hour because they want like a translation, like a man will book me and say, quick, Jill, I need you for 30 minutes. Um, I had this great date with a woman and she texts me this, like, what does that mean? Can you translate? You know? (laughs) So, I mean, it can be, it could be anything. And so I was just sort of doing that. Wow. And so at some point I was like, okay, I'm already doing this. Let me just offer it. And also the coaching is part of my matchmaking package, but also, you know, like I said, I was having sort of the same conversation, especially with women who were divorced with young kids and, or women who were looking to have kids, just typically women in their thirties and forties. And so I decided to put, you know, so say someone booked like a six session coaching package with me. I was having a lot of the same conversations, giving the same insight on each call, obviously with personalized information along the way, but um, I decided to package it into a program, which I wrote called the four day flip, which is a self-guided program. And it's essentially like six dating coaching sessions, but in a pretty little package that, you know, I, you have access to online and it has, you know, each of the coaching sessions, plus you can download like these PDF action steps and you do these things and then you come back the next day and evolve. And so the four day flip is four ways in four days to completely transform your dating life. And it is exactly what I was talking to women about on repeat. And they're coming back and saying, Oh my gosh, like I feel so much better after working with you for a month or two months. Like now I'm ready to date. And so that's the point, you know, of the four day flip where it's this is four days. You can do it in four months if you want. It's, you know, four sessions and then four sets of action steps. But that's like a coaching package, but you can, you do it on your own time, you know? So yeah, there's, I do a lot of different stuff and I take, feedback from clients, like what they want, you know, and that's, that's like the supper club I was telling you about. This is something that people have been asking me for, like sort of a month, like Can a, you go a, into that. Cause I think we talked about that before we started recording. Oh, sure. So tell, tell me about that supper club. 
Yeah. So the Single Supper Club is basically it's an annual membership to be part of the Single Supper Club. And we have monthly dinners and um, a couple happy hours a year. And you can choose which dinners you go to and which happy hours you go to. And, um, you know, you meet different people at each one. So you're not having dinner with the same singles at every dinner, but everybody who's who you're having dinner with is in the club. And I arrange, you know, the table, I arrange the time and the place for everybody to meet. I come and get everybody situated. And it's just another way, you know, I think all of these things that I do, I wish were available when I first got divorced because I felt like I was a baby bird that got dropped from a nest. I had no idea what to do. I didn't even know how to behave on a date. I was expecting things from men that I would have expected from my husband. And then that was a harsh realization, you know, like I went on two dates with this guy and he didn't even X, Y, Z. And then I was like, wait a minute, he's not my husband. I met him for four hours, you know, like he doesn't owe me anything and I don't owe him anything. So that was like, you know, getting myself into that mindset. Like I had to learn so much. And so all of these things that I've learned and accumulated over the years is what I try to offer for people to have a landing place, at least another nest to land in. So you're not just hitting the ground like I did. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Have you always been entrepreneurial? Like you, I know you had the event planning as part of what you used to do. Was that your own event planning or was that for other companies or when did you start your entrepreneurial path? Yeah. So I feel like I pretty much have always been entrepreneurial and it always made sense to me. Like if there's, instead of going to get a job to just start a business. I don't know why. I know that's not for everybody, but for some people that makes perfect sense. And it always made perfect sense to me. So I, yeah, when I, I I opened liquor stores with my ex-husband, then we had the idea to do beer festivals. So, you know, they're like, throw a beer festival. You could figure it out. Right, Joe. I'm like, yeah, I think I can. So I threw a beer festival and then, you know, from there, then I was throwing other large scale events. I've done huge arts festivals and big fundraisers and things like that. So that's why when, you know, when the speed dating thing happened, I was like, I can definitely throw a speed dating event. I watched a couple of videos on YouTube of speed dating events and um, just figured it out. So I feel like that's probably one of my best features is that I can just figure things out, which is what an entrepreneur does. So what have you learned about yourself over the past several years? Let, let's go starting like from your divorce and the time that you started doing this work. Well, I mean, how long you got? <laughs> I've learned so much about myself, but I would say that the most important thing that I've learned about myself since I got divorced is that it'll be okay. I will figure it out. And my kids hate when I say this, but it is true. I always say, you know what they say, where there's a Jill, there's a way. And my kids cringe. They have hated it forever, but I know that they're super proud of me because they know it's true. I will figure it out. And I do. And, you know, I think to follow that up, another thing that I have learned is that, you know, 
when there's a need for something or, you know, you're, you know, so say I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I've got to figure out a way to, you know, stay home with my kids, even though I'm a single mom now or whatever it is. One thing I've learned a lot uh, the hard way is that if it's not flowing, if it's not working, sometimes it's not, it's like putting a round peg in a square hole. Like you can't force things. You have to just flow. And I think that is, I have always had a very, you know, sort of strong will. And so I'm like, no, I know this is the way it has to be. And I'm going to do anything it takes to make it that way. And, um, you know, at some point you sort of, I, (laughs) at some point I, I need to needed to learn the lesson, like, okay, this isn't flowing. So let me just pause, take a step back and take a different path or try a different way instead of just jamming things into that path that I am determined to take, you know? So I would say, you know, I've learned that I'm very resilient and that everyone has that in them to be resilient, you know, and to figure it out. Like you can figure it out. It's you just have to be adaptable. Yeah. What would be your top bit of advice for somebody who has found themselves divorced and is ready to get back out there and start looking again. Um, what, what kind of, what would you say are the best steps for somebody to take? Well, I would say number one, to make sure that you are ready, you know, and to really take time to, you know, and it could be a week or a year depends on the individual, but take time to get to know yourself and what, is great about you. That's the first, you know, that's the first day of the four day flip is sort of tuning back in to be like, you know, it's like you're going on essentially a job interview every time you go on a date. Right. But if you're not presenting your best self, then those are wasted opportunities. Like you could be on a great date with the man of your dreams, but if you are a, a dimmed down version of you, you might as well, stay at home. Like you, you just give yourself a little loving. Remember why you are great. Remember the things about you that you would want to highlight or that you would want people to know about you. And then when you're feeling good, you know, then go out. And I, and also to that point, um, I guess, something very important that I really make sure that uh, women, especially uh, I have this conversation a lot is that it's so important that we don't wait too long though. You know what I mean? Don't wait too long where you turn into, you know, a turtle and the rest of the world doesn't make sense. There's no set of criteria to be ready to date, right? You don't have to have, have a certain amount of money saved or lose 10 pounds or, you know, you don't have to have enough money in your 401k or learn how to bake an apple pie because you're pretty sure that the man you meet would really care about that. No, you just have to love yourself. You just have to care about yourself enough to make the right decisions. You know, it's terrible to see when people go out and they're like, I know 
Like I have nothing to offer. I'm living in my mom's basement and I don't have any money and I know I'm really overweight, but like, love me. Okay. But you don't love you. So how am I going to fall in love with you? So just take, you know, take a minute and fall in love with you. And then you'll be in much better shape to meet somebody. There's no magic button. There's no magic formula, but it's just about, you know, checking in with yourself and just remembering who you are because, you know, you, you have to feel good about who you are in order to be able to present the best version of you, you know? Yeah. Jill, I'm just love that you have taken this, this thing that you needed for yourself and, and you have found a way to serve other people and do it in such a gracious and fun way. Cause yeah. you know, I, I, I look at what you're posting on social media and how, you know, you are unstoppable. What yeah. is it? If there's a, if there's a Jill, there's a way. Is that, yeah. is that it? I love it. I actually love it. And you know, your kids, when they get older, they are going to quote that yeah. to other people. They're going to say, my mom was always one of those people that could figure things out. And she yeah. used to say this and I thought it was so stupid, but you know, it's, it's going to be the thing that they, that they learn from, that they take from you is that sort of resilience and that sort of, you know, I'm going to figure this out thing. I think you're creating a legacy for your kids. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being with me, Joe. Good luck with everything. All right. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. After talking to Jill, I've decided to borrow a little something from her playbook and I encourage you to do the same. Let's embrace the concept that where there's a you, there's a way. I love that Jill says, where there's a Jill, there's a way. (laughs) I love it. So whether you're navigating the world of midlife dating or maybe considering entrepreneurship or just seeking some inspiration, remember that the journey is going to have its challenges, but there's always a path forward where there's a you there's a way. Take a moment to reflect on your own strengths and just like Jill, trust that you can figure it out. If you want more information about Jill Dunn, you are going to be able to find a link to her website in the show notes. Just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and look for episode 173. And hey, real quick before you go, if you had a key takeaway or an aha moment, from today's episode, can you please be sure to share it on social media or leave a review in the Apple Podcast app? Reviews help other people find this podcast so that we can spread this message. Also, if you feel like you're in need of some daily inspiration, grab yourself a copy of my book, In Full Bloom, A Guide to Aging Playfully. It's available on Amazon and I'll have a link for you in the show notes. It's a little book of inspiration with a big impact that you can keep on your nightstand or your desk for a daily boost. It has beautiful flower photos combined with definitions of the word bloom. And each of those has a message with it to help you rethink what it means to age. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.